discussing the news and making sense of a nation on the go. You're listening to The Long Form with Sunny Nyombia. This podcast is brought to you by The New Times. Fire burn them, the Kumurido. Boom, get up on the bad man, me already know. Umana Mniza, Kene Momo, Yanandam Kulu, Sunikirio. Hello, everyone. This week, I want to examine what it means to blaze your own path as a young person in conservative Rwanda. Dressed in skinny jeans, sporting tattoos, and speaking a lingo that, that sometimes sounds foreign, our young people often seem alien to us. And nowhere is this generation gap wider than in our differing music tastes. Joining me today is one of my favorite young Rwandan artists, Kivumbi King. From hit songs with Two Saint, Kenny Keshot, Bushali, and Mike Kaihura, he has steadily created a lane for himself in the rising Rwandan hip-hop scene. We will not just talk about his music journey, we shall also discuss just how accepting the larger Rwandan community is about hip-hop and then highlight the young people at its forefront. Now, if you want to react to this conversation, use the hashtag longformrw on Twitter and share your thoughts. But before we continue... Do you know what you need to do today? You need to join the over 40,000 daily subscribers of the New Times e-paper to enjoy credible, in-depth reporting on Rwanda. Visit the website newtimes.co.rw to register for free. And now, back to the show. Greetings, King. Thank you so much for uh, accepting my invitation to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. You would probably be the first person that I've invited who is below 35. <laughs> I'm way below that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So let's talk about your journey as a young man and as an artist. So what's it been like to date? When did you start music? And when did you know that hip-hop and being a hip-hop artist was your path? It was earlier on in school primary three i went to boarding school in uganda okay my family moved there mm. and at the time i didn't really speak english oh. all uganda where were you born i was born here in kigali oh, okay yes okay. and just out of like a way to like entertain myself i started writing yeah in kinyaranda in p3 yeah it was terrible very horrible i've always kept <laughs> small notebooks yeah yeah i also loved like listening to hip-hop songs and then like cramming like a whole verse from lil wayne not even mm. knowing what it means i certainly o- hope not <laughs> <laughs> so i've always known i i love music but i just didn't know i could actually do it mm. so like boarding school really gave me time with like the pen and the paper and then i just did my thing after high school i started performing at uh, spoken word events spoken word Rwanda actually yeah there is when some people started noticing me that's when i started getting small gigs to perform at like mm. uh, certain events then i just thought i wanted to be a rapper mm. a poet like a slam poet but when i had spent like a year and a half in the studio i figured i could actually sing too and mm. do other genres so this was like when 2017 i went for like two years and then you know the pandemic happened mm. yeah how did you survive during that time that period of time i was lucky i had access to a studio and we were just recording that's when i recorded most of my album my debut album and we were dropping, we were dropping, but like, you know, not not performing, like all these uh, gigs that come on a weekly basis or even a monthly basis, because we did two years, it was, it mm. was hard, but like, we made it out. 
What was the album called? It was called DID. DID. Yes, dissociative identity disorder. What what do, what do you mean by that? Okay, it's a, it's a mental disorder. I don't have it. <laughs> I just think it's cool because as artists we we like to be boxed in genres most of the time. Mm. And having that as an artist that means like you have many personalities or many forms that you could deliver your art. So talking about art and mm. your music, when you are in a studio when you're sitting down writing your music, who are you making the music for? Okay. And who are you speaking to? So, as I told you, I started writing really at a very young age. The first person I was doing it for was myself, and slowly people found what I was saying relevant to their own lives. So mm. they started connecting like that. That's when you understand that you're not speaking for yourself only, but you're speaking for whoever sees themselves in you. And that would be the running youth, but also for hip hop. Really, I don't want to call it the street life because we really don't have that here. Mm. <laughs> I just want to call it regular life, life, life hustles, mm. like struggles yeah. to get away, to get along. That's that's pretty much it. Yeah. You obviously have many young fans and old fans now. Hopefully, that after this uh, this podcast, <laughs> you'll get a lot of uh, older fans. Yeah. Do you feel that hip hop is being embraced by the larger running community? And I'm not talking about you know American hip hop or yeah. British hip hop. I'm I'm talking about running hip hop. That's a very good question because the artists that were doing hip hop before me um, and the people we worked together, most of them they were painted black that's how i like to call it they were either painted with drugs which some of them actually did mm. them it's not like because most of them were in prison for a long time yeah and all this so it became this like scary genre that no one wants to send their kids to or like even listen because it was getting really dark dark aggressive you know mm. this after this and it was not good for a long time people didn't really want to you know even touch it even at concerts artists rappers were not invited uh, to perform and do this and that but something happened around 2020 2019-2020 when we were just like coming on the scene because I cannot say that the way we are treated is the way the rappers we found are treated yeah. so when you talk about those older rappers who, who are you talking about there were a few groups of rappers the most known ones were like tough gang they have really good music really good rappers but just some elements of their groups just ended up not in very good surroundings and peers and they mm. ended up if not in jail like dead and mm. things like that so that left a really dark image on hip-hop so every time you also say i'm a i'm a hip-hop artist so you tell anybody that i'm a rapper they also like kind of like okay okay you're a rapper so mm. But we are not treated like that because we haven't also like conducted ourselves in that way. We we are not only confined in like hip hop scene, also because from the music we make. A good example would be like seeing a rapper perform at a corporate event. That's like a unicorn. But that's something that's happening now. So hopefully what I would say, maybe to answer your question, I believe that there's a good number of runners that are embracing hip hop in its new form. I've always loved hip hop. I mean, I'm uh, 42 now. So the very first hip hop I probably heard was MC Hammer. This is around 89. <laughs> um, some of you were not born. <laughs> but I remember... From that time, there was, you know, that Tupac, Biggie, West Coast, East Coast, beef, yeah, beef, beef, yeah. gangster rap, which was very, very dark. Then you had situations where, you know, the music slightly became very dangerous. Parents would not want to 
Uh, let their kids get involved yeah, yeah, in that. Absolutely. Yes, but now when you see hip hop right now, you yeah. know when you see the Drakes, it's it's I, kind of refined a little bit. And they, we could call it lover boy music. <laughs> you know, it's something yes, that you most know, definitely, you know, yeah. you can sit down with someone and listen to it, and you would not yeah. feel oh, I need to yeah. hurt someone or pick up a brick. The best thing is that also you can look at the fan base. It has changed from being just like you know angry teenage boys to a wider demographic like ladies that changes everything right yeah, yeah but also can. it starts from what you are saying in your tracks mm. if you portray this angry guy that wants to hit someone in the face then you're going to get those angry teenagers behind you absolutely yeah um let me uh pause this okay. and to uh make some money and we'll continue the conversation in a bit before we continue this very interesting conversation are you looking for a job or is there a tender you want to bid for on the New Times Job Mart, you will find hundreds of jobs and tender listings. Visit the Job Mart today by going to its website, jobs.newtimes.co.rw. If you want to post a job opportunity, call 07-85-28-9489 and ask about the great rates. And now back to the show. So... I want to now move the conversation into the future. When you are, obviously, you're saying that, you know, you started uh, really doing hip-hop 2017. We are now in 2023, so it's been close to five years. Five years, yes. You're almost a veteran in the, the genre. <laughs> when you look now 10 years, a decade from now, where do you see run and hip-hop going? Do you ever see us having a top international act? Do you ever see the run and drill scene, for example, okay. being uh, given that space on BET? My biggest hope is that in 10 years, we've crafted our own sound in mm. terms of hip-hop, cultural stuff. Like, if we could combine those to, like, have a distinct sound, that could help, like, even, like, set us apart from the rest. Yeah. Because if we are competing with Ghanaians and Nigerians over UK drill and US and also their beats, which I don't believe Nigerian music, people say that Nigerians found their own sound, but that's just like a combination of a lot of sounds all over the world from mm -hmm. also like Congo, East Africa and all this. Yeah. But I'm just saying it's going to be hard if we don't come up with a sound of our own that we can use to represent us. Do you think that we, we are doing that or do you kind of think that we are still a bit back when it comes to creating our own lane i think there's a few a few um boys and girls that are really doing this it comes down to producers and my favorite is a guy called michael mckembe you might have uh, oh yeah, yeah i've heard of him he's, yes he's very uh, good he's really coming close to finding that mm. and as our like artists really our job is not to produce music there's producers for that reason mm. so once they have it and i think they're going to get it in 10 years, hopefully, because now what we have are East African like stars. That's as far as we go. So if we give it 10 years and the work ethic that's being put in right now, I really, really believe there's going to be a big person here. Is there like an artist that you are thinking, okay, this this guy, this girl is is coming? The rapper in me is screaming out me. <laughs> I would say me, you know, mm. because uh, that's that's my plan. That's my dream. That's, mm. that's where I want to go. But we have a couple of people that are already doing that, that are mm. already on the way. I would say the Bruce Melody, Mike Ihura is really doing a good job at uh, getting a huge East African fan base. And his sound is just like unique. Mm. 
mm. and that's what we are chasing really so i'm really optimistic all right so obviously the music industry needs a few things it needs support not just yes. by uh, the private sector but also the public sector as well everyone needs to be involved for a sector to rise yes when you think about both the public and the private sector what do you wish they would do differently to support not just young hip hop but you know young artists one thing i would like to ask really like i've i've, I've had this conversation with a lot of people but i figured like the private sector uh, like the public one too they haven't seen the music industry as a a, a profitable industry which is crazy right yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's actually crazy so that's one thing that they have to see but for them to see that that means one person has to first show them but also they need to take a risk because i don't think there's any self investment that there is really yeah, i could disagree with you because i mm. feel that art is always a safe investment right like if i'm uh, the national police for example and yes. i'm trying to push the uh, jedayo mahoro uh, message yeah why would you not want the people who are drinking and getting into issues are young people use artists to and these people are listening them. to these artists exactly. like while they even driving yeah yeah i agree with you but unfortunately not a lot of people see it that way mm. not a lot of people like also have um like see what you've seen over the years or have a wider information about how the music industry should work mm. so i know me myself as you know it's a really profitable industry and mm. once we have people that invest in because it's business it's not like you just coming and handing away your money there's structures and mm profit return plans that are that are set and you can look through sign agree and all all we sell is our likeness the people we have them mm. and these different companies could use that not yeah. that they don't have it themselves but they could even use more of that and then they're just helping everybody in general and also setting like making the music industry really functional and nothing no message to say for example the ministry of youth like do you feel like our government civil servants are they giving you guys the due attention okay so i've looked into it this efforts that are are there like also we need to come together as artists so that we have a body you don't have one yet so there is one but okay. the head of that it's been it's been complicated over mm. the years some people argue that it's not there it's not functional but if it was there and functional that means we would be in there we would know it yeah. and we would address our problems even better mm. so that's one thing i would i would ask private and public is to just give us air cuz sometimes even to get these meetings it's like an impossible job yeah yeah so if you give us a, your time a day we could make maybe a few things clear for them yeah and then they would see that it's not actually a failing in the show it's just it's not because we don't have enough artists or good artists that could push this hopefully these guys uh, that uh, <laughs> are not giving you an ear i hope they're listening yeah. so let's let's talk about your journey your personal journey um so you're not 25 yet someone could say why aren't you in university why aren't you studying uh computer science but you are now an artist mm. when you chose the path that you went you chose what was your family's reaction mm -hmm. were they supportive were they or do you wish they were more supportive or were they uh was there a little bit of hostility because you're kind of moving outside the orthodoxy yes um it has to be there for any parent that really like cares for their children mm. um i've stopped looking at it like they're against me 
or anything. It's just because, like, also I'm saying this in for every other rapper out there. It's not because they're against you. It's just because they really want what's good for you. When there's some type of hostility and stuff, uh, that's just not going as smooth as you thought it would. In my case, they were supportive. My parents were supportive to a certain extent. They were supportive in terms of, like, go do what makes you happy. Mm. And if you're really good at it, there's no reason why you shouldn't do it. But also, it comes down to after after a period of time, because now it's been five years, it's like parents also come back. They're like, so where, where are things now? Yeah. Yeah. There's many problems, but also uh, me personally, the biggest challenge has been to stay and actually do what I want to do from Rwanda. So if a young 16-year-old mm. sits down and uh, tells their mom and dad or their guardian, I want to be a rapper. What advice would you give to the parents? And how would you advise them to talk to their child? I think school is number one. At least you can drop out of high school. And once that is done, I think music is not something that requires 24-7 of your your time. Mm. And everybody that really wanted to do music, they found time aside out of the main um, obligations they had to do. So for some parents, even music is not uh, a no-no before you even start uh, talking. I guess, I guess the problem is that we don't have any multi-millionaire uh, Artist. musicians. Yeah. yeah. And, and therefore, parents are probably thinking, oh, I don't know how you will survive. So Yeah, how are you, are you going actually to yeah, make you're money feed, out of yeah. it? Not, not only music, it's hard to make, um, to make money out of art mm. to begin with. So for me, it was kind of a risk that mm. I was willing to take. Mm. And I think everybody deserves a chance at that. As long as there's communication, I'm pretty sure there could be some type of agreement that, that's come down to it. But it's not a waste of time, as parents like to put it, mm-hmm. you know. Because I believe when me, myself, when I'm making art, I know it's something that if I was not making, then I would be probably living a life that I'm not 100% happy with, yeah. you know. Or you might just be doing things that are not necessarily good. Like unnecessarily good to be honest yeah so we still we're still in, in a very safe country and that's why i think but for most countries like in uganda i grew up there part-time and in burundi mm. usually going to arts mm. it's like an escape from what you would actually be doing on the side if you're yeah. not making arts even if you are in school it's 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 a getaway it's an expression so it's not as bad as it's been has been marketed so i guess uh, to all the parents uh, just give your kids a chance just a chance yeah, give them a chance. And now th- that we're talking about chances, I want to talk about value. Yeah, right. I would like art to have a value. And so, when we think about running hip hop, what value do do you think that it brings to the larger Rwandan community? I would like to say poetry in general. It's a very um, the Rwandan culture has always been poetic from the start. So, to me, it's already um, a selling point. And hip hop is not poetry in its traditional style but hip-hop is poetry too Mm. and if it's done well in terms of representing i don't think there's anybody that could do a better job me my belief is that there's the president that's actually running the country Mm. but in terms of who speaks for the public it has to be the artist next artists 
produce what's what's the word mm. soundtracks to places to cities to countries to daily life to daily life yeah. you know so if first of all it's crazy to think that that's not a profitable business for me mm. but that is huge because i think there's not a quicker way to introduce people to a language than music because people sing actually languages they don't understand uh, the, I, <laughs> I, trust me i've heard people <laughs> singing all sorts of igbo and Exactly. And Shayo and no one knows what in the hell <laughs> no they're talking about. No one knows. So I think it's 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 the best tool and if we don't use it properly then we're just like putting it to waste. Mm. And a, a quick example for artists that are coming up right now. I've been to Kenya and I've seen how they look at us. Mm. How how they think we conduct our business also as artists. Put out a very good impression and as random artists or just hip-hop? as random artists. Okay. Not just hip hop as random artists, but also now random artists, myself too. I'm not the biggest artist out there, hip hop artist, but like with the audience I have, I can now do shows in Burundi, in Kenya, Uganda, mm-hmm. and in Europe too. In the US, if they give us the visa, those guys like to <laughs> complicate life, you know. Mm-hmm. So once when we are there, when we are there, we move in a random way. Our hairstyles are Amazons, so when people see us from the start, they're just like, "Where are you from?" Yeah. and we tell them where we are from and what we do and i think that's that's where i think we fit in 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 the bigger picture it's representing really so we've been talking for the last couple of minutes maybe 10 minutes 15 minutes or so mm. and we're coming close to the end of this conversation before you leave is there something that you feel has been in your heart uh, there are certain words that are that you've been thinking about that you want to kind of express like are there things that you want to get off your chest I should have probably said this when you asked me to say something about um the private sector and um the public sector. There's structures, there's infrastructure for the music industry that we can put in place. A good example would be the Nigerians. They they made sure they acquired these big broadcasting co- companies mm. and and corporations that have things like publishing because making music just goes a long way from recording a nice song. you need the publishing company you need the distribution company every running artist right now is dependent on either company from south africa nigeria or us um for distributing their music to let's say apple apple music and spotify so we don't have any random company doing that no yeah. we don't have any random company doing that huh. but even on top of that there's there's publishing companies they're supposed to collect loyalties every time you you played on the radio mm. every time you played in a club every time you perform on stage every time there's this small like it's small coins but really over a certain period of time yeah. it's it's a big amount and we don't have a way to collect that and when we don't collect that that money is there it just goes to artists like davidos and banner boys mm. that already have these companies that mm. are collecting for them yeah. so these are infrastructures that artists can put in place we need help and once we have that then in the 10 year plan we'll have a billionaire So, where can people find you? Do you have socials? Where can they find your music? And do you have any show um coming soon so that people can actually go and just listen? Okay. If you want to keep up with me on a daily basis, I have Instagram, it's Kivumbi King, Twitter, Kivumbi King, Snapchat, TikTok, uh YouTube, that's where you find my videos and my music. Are you on Spotify, Apple Music? Yes. The audios if you want to listen, it's on every actually streaming platform okay. that there is shows um dates are not certain 
but if you follow you will see you'll see the dates I'll, k- I'll keep them updated all right uh king thank you so much for joining me this week it's been a pleasure and uh good luck and hopefully you will be the first rwandan hip-hop billionaire let's go Before I sign off, here are two of the biggest stories published in the New Times this week. President Paul Kagame has pardoned Paul Rusesabagina, Kalist Sabimana, and other convicts after they wrote seeking a presidential pardon. The development followed negotiations that involved Rwanda, Qatar, and the United States. They had been found guilty following a much-publicized trial for links to FNL a terror group that killed two people in Nyungwe Forest National Park in 2018. They were released on Saturday from Nyarujenje Prison, Majirajere. And lastly, Ugandan Airlines, the flag carrier of Uganda, will start direct flights from Entebbe to Kigali soon as a way to ease trade and movement between the two countries. This announcement was made on Friday, March 24th, during the just-concluded 11th Rwanda-Uganda Joint Permanent Commission in Kigali. Uganda Airways resumed operations in August 2019 after nearly 20 years of inactivity. Before we leave, would you like to partner with The Long Form? Send an email to sales at newtimesronda.com and ask for our rates. If you enjoy this show, subscribe to The Long Form with Sunny Nyombia on your favorite podcast service. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and Amazon Music as well as the New Times website. Until next week, goodbye.